Justice Sotomayor, with whom Justice Breyer and Justice Kagan join, dissenting. This case is about whether a public school must permit a school official to kneel, bow his head, and say a prayer at the center of a school event. The Constitution does not authorize, let alone require, public schools to embrace this conduct. Since Engel v. Vitale, this court consistently has recognized that school officials leading prayer is constitutionally impermissible. Official-led prayer strikes at the core of our constitutional protections for the religious liberty of students and their parents, as embodied in both the Establishment Clause and the Free Exercise Clause of the First Amendment. The Court now charts a different path, yet again paying almost exclusive attention to the Free Exercise Clause's protection for individual religious exercise, while giving short shrift to the Establishment Clause's prohibition on state establishment of religion. To the degree the Court portrays Petitioner Joseph Kennedy's prayers as private and quiet, it misconstrues the facts. The record reveals that Kennedy had a long-standing practice of conducting demonstrative prayers on the 50-yard line of the football field. Kennedy consistently invited others to join his prayers and, for years, led student-athletes in prayer at the same time and location. The court ignores this history. The court also ignores the severe disruption to school events caused by Kennedy's conduct, viewing it as irrelevant because the Bremerton School District stated that it was suspending Kennedy to avoid it being viewed as endorsing religion. Under the court's analysis, presumably this would be a different case if the district had cited Kennedy's repeated disruptions of school programming and violations of school policy regarding public access to the field as grounds for suspending him. As the district did not articulate those grounds, the court assesses only the district's Establishment Clause concerns. It errs by assessing them divorced from the context and history of Kennedy's prayer practice. Today's decision goes beyond merely misreading the record. The court overrules Lemon v. Kurtzman, 1971, and calls into question decades of subsequent precedents that it deems offshoots of that decision. In the process, the court rejects long-standing concerns surrounding government endorsement of religion and replaces the standard for reviewing such questions with a new history and tradition test. In addition, while the court reaffirms that the Establishment Clause prohibits the government from coercing participation in religious exercise, it applies a nearly toothless version of the coercion analysis failing to acknowledge the unique pressures faced by students when participating in school-sponsored activities. This decision does a disservice to schools and the young citizens they serve 
as well as to our nation's long-standing commitment to the separation of church and state. I respectfully dissent. Part 1 As the majority tells it, Kennedy, a coach for the district's football program, lost his job for praying quietly while his students were otherwise occupied. The record before us, however, tells a different story. Section A The district serves approximately 5,057 students and employs 332 teachers and 400 non-teaching personnel in Kitsap County, Washington. The county is home to Baha'is, Buddhists, Hindus, Jews, Muslims, Sikhs, Zoroastrians, and many denominations of Christians, as well as numerous residents who are religiously unaffiliated. The district first hired Kennedy in 2008 on a renewable annual contract to serve as a part-time assistant coach for the varsity football team and head coach for the junior varsity team at Bremerton High School, BHS. Kennedy's job description required him to accompany and direct all home and out-of-town games to which he was assigned, overseeing preparation and transportation before games, being responsible for player behavior both on and off the field, supervising dressing rooms, and securing all facilities at the close of each practice. His duties encompassed supervising student activities immediately following the completion of the game until the students were released to their parents or otherwise allowed to leave. The district also set requirements for Kennedy's interactions with players, obliging him, like all coaches, to exhibit sportsmanlike conduct at all times, utilize positive motivational strategies to encourage athletic performance, and serve as a mentor and role model for the student-athletes. In addition, Kennedy's position made him responsible for interacting with members of the community. In this capacity, the district required Kennedy and other coaches to maintain positive media relations, always approach officials with composure, with the expectation that they were constantly being observed by others, and communicate effectively with parents. Finally, district coaches had to adhere to district policies and administrative regulations more generally. As relevant here, the district's policy on religious-related activities and practices provided that the school staff shall neither encourage nor discourage a student from engaging in non-disruptive oral or silent prayer or any other form of devotional activity and that religious services, programs, or assemblies shall not be conducted in school facilities during school hours or in connection with any school-sponsored or school-related activity. Section B. In September 2015, a coach from another school's football team informed BHS's principal that Kennedy had asked him and his team to join Kennedy in prayer. The other team's coach told the principal that he thought it was cool that the district would allow its coaches to go ahead and invite other teams' coaches and players to pray after a game. 
The district initiated an inquiry into whether its policy on religious-related activities and practices had been violated. It learned that since his hiring in 2008, Kennedy had been kneeling on the 50-yard line to pray immediately after shaking hands with the opposing team. Kennedy recounted that he initially prayed alone and that he never asked any student to join him. Over time, however, a majority of the team came to join him, with the numbers varying from game to game. Kennedy's practice evolved into post-game talks in which Kennedy would hold aloft students' helmets and deliver speeches with overtly religious references, which Kennedy described as prayers, while the players kneeled around him. The district also learned that students had prayed in the past in the locker room prior to games, before Kennedy was hired, but that Kennedy subsequently began leading those prayers too. While the district's inquiry was pending, its athletic director attended BHS's September 11, 2015 football game and told Kennedy that he should not be conducting prayers with players. After the game, while the athletic director watched, Kennedy led a prayer out loud, holding up a player's helmet as the players kneeled around him. While riding the bus home with the team, Kennedy posted on Facebook that he thought he might have just been fired for praying. On September 17th, the district superintendent sent Kennedy a letter informing him that leading prayers with students on the field and in the locker room would likely be found to violate the Establishment Clause, exposing the district to legal liability. The district acknowledged that Kennedy had not actively encouraged or required participation, but emphasized that school staff may not indirectly encourage students to engage in religious activity or endorse religious activity, Rather, the district explained staff must remain neutral while performing their job duties. The district instructed Kennedy that any motivational talks to students must remain secular so as to avoid alienation of any team member. The district reiterated that all district staff are free to engage in religious activity, including prayer, so long as it does not interfere with job responsibilities. To avoid endorsing student religious exercise, the district instructed that such activity must be non-demonstrative or conducted separately from students, away from student activities. The district expressed concern that Kennedy had continued his midfield prayer practice at two games after the district's athletic director and the varsity team's head coach had instructed him to stop. Kennedy stopped participating in locker room prayers and after a game the following day gave a secular speech. He returned to pray in the stadium alone after his duties were over and everyone had left the stadium, to which the district had no objection. Kennedy then hired an attorney who, on October 14th, sent a letter explaining that Kennedy was motivated by his sincerely held religious beliefs to pray following each football game. The letter claimed that the district had required that Kennedy flee from students if they voluntarily chose to come to a place where he is privately praying 
during personal time, referring to the 50-yard line of the football field immediately following the conclusion of a game. Kennedy requested that the district simply issue a clarification that the prayer is Kennedy's private speech and that the district not interfere with students joining Kennedy in prayer. The letter further announced that Kennedy would resume his 50-yard line prayer practice the next day after the October 16th homecoming game. Before the homecoming game, Kennedy made multiple media appearances to publicize his plans to pray at the 50-yard line, leading to an article in the Seattle News and a local television broadcast about the upcoming homecoming game. In the wake of this media coverage, the district began receiving a large number of emails, letters, and calls, many of them threatening. The district responded to Kennedy's letter before the game on October 16th. It emphasized that Kennedy's letter evinced material misunderstandings of many of the facts at issue. For instance, Kennedy's letter asserted that he had not invited anyone to pray with him. The district noted that might be true of Kennedy's September 17th prayer specifically, but that Kennedy had acknowledged inviting others to join him on many previous occasions. The district's September 17th letter had explained that Kennedy traditionally held up helmets from the BHS and opposing teams, while players from each team kneeled around him. While Kennedy's letter asserted that his prayers occurred on his own time and after his duties as a district employee had ceased, the district pointed out that Kennedy remained on duty when his prayers occurred immediately following completion of the football game, when students are still on the football field in uniform under the stadium lights, with the audience still in attendance, and while Mr. Kennedy is still in his district-issued and district-logoed attire. The district further noted that during the time following completion of the game, until players are released to their parents or otherwise allowed to leave the event. Mr. Kennedy, like all coaches, is clearly on duty and paid to continue supervision of students. The district stated that it had no objection to Kennedy returning to the stadium when he was off duty to pray at the 50-yard line, nor with Kennedy praying while on duty if it did not interfere with his job duties or suggest the district's endorsement of religion. The district explained that its establishment concerns were motivated by the specific facts at issue because engaging in prayer on the 50-yard line immediately after the game finished would appear to be an extension of Kennedy's prior, long-standing, and well-known history of leading students in prayer on the 50-yard line after games. The district therefore reaffirmed its prior directives to Kennedy. On October 16th, after playing of the game had concluded, Kennedy shook hands with the opposing team and, as advertised, knelt to pray while most BHS players were singing the school's fight song. He quickly was joined by coaches and players from the opposing team. Television news cameras 
surrounded the group. Members of the public rushed the field to join Kennedy, jumping fences to access the field and knocking over student band members. After the game, the district received calls from Satanists who intended to conduct ceremonies on the field after football games if others were allowed to. To secure the field and enable subsequent games to continue safely, the district was forced to make security arrangements with the local police and to post signs near the field and place robocalls to parents reiterating that the field was not open to the public. The district sent Kennedy another letter on October 23rd, explaining that his conduct at the October 16th game was inconsistent with the district's requirements for two reasons. First, it drew him away from his work. Kennedy had, until recently, regularly come to the locker room with the team and other coaches following the game and had specific responsibility for the supervision of players in the locker room following games. Second, his conduct raised establishment clause concerns because any reasonable observer saw a district employee on the field only by virtue of his employment with the district still on duty under the bright lights of the stadium, engaged in what was clearly, given his prior public conduct, overtly religious conduct. Again, the district emphasized that it was happy to accommodate Kennedy's desire to pray on the job in a way that did not interfere with his duties or risk perceptions of endorsement. Stressing that development of accommodations is an interactive process it invited Kennedy to reach out to discuss accommodations that might be mutually satisfactory, offering proposed accommodations and inviting Kennedy to raise others. The district noted, however, that further violations of its directives would be grounds for discipline or termination. Kennedy did not directly respond or suggest a satisfactory accommodation, Instead, his attorneys told the media that he would accept only demonstrative prayer on the 50-yard line immediately after games. During the October 23rd and October 26th games, Kennedy again prayed at the 50-yard line immediately following the game while post-game activities were still ongoing. At the October 23rd game, Kennedy kneeled on the field alone, with players standing nearby. At the October 26th game, Kennedy prayed surrounded by members of the public, including state representatives who attended the game to support Kennedy. The BHS players, after singing the fight song, joined Kennedy at midfield after he stood up from praying. In an October 28th letter, the district notified Kennedy that it was placing him on paid administrative leave for violating its directives at the October 16th, October 23rd, and October 26th games by kneeling on the field and praying immediately following the games before rejoining the players for post-game talks. The district recounted that it had offered accommodations to and offered to engage in further discussions with Kennedy 
to permit his religious exercise, and that Kennedy had failed to respond to these offers. The district stressed that it remained willing to discuss possible accommodations if Kennedy was willing. After the issues with Kennedy arose, several parents reached out to the district saying that their children had participated in Kennedy's prayers solely to avoid separating themselves from the rest of the team. No BHS students appeared to pray on the field after Kennedy's suspension. In Kennedy's annual review, the head coach of the varsity team recommended Kennedy not be rehired because he failed to follow district policy, demonstrated a lack of cooperation with administration, contributed to negative relations between parents, students, community members, coaches, and the school district, and failed to supervise student-athletes after games due to his interactions with media and community members. The head coach himself also resigned after 11 years in that position, expressing fears that he or his staff would be shot from the crowd or otherwise attacked because of the turmoil created by Kennedy's media appearances. Three of five other assistant coaches did not reapply. We've come to the end of the opinion. Until next episode, thanks for listening to what SCOTUS wrote us.